everybody and welcome back to the called for freedom podcast on this friday edition and we are going into the book of job we're going to be starting this series it's going to be a lengthy series um but because it's one of the longer books i wanted to dive deeper into it it's going to be great stories and one thing i want to point out is Of course, there's a lot of skeptics out there, but the book of Job is one of the longest books of the Bible, um, or one of the oldest books, I'm sorry. It's one of the older books. It actually predates a lot of the previous books that we've been um, reading. Uh, It could have been written during the time of Moses or Solomon. So this predates back from what we've been currently summarizing. And it's also been said because of the creatures and and certain beasts that are in the book of Job, that it might be said that even the book of Job might be older than the book of Genesis, um, which could probably lead to Moses being the author. Um, Because based on some of the creatures and beasts in the book, it might believe that maybe Job might have lived during the time of like when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, and I get it. A lot of people might get mad at that. I don't really, you have to kind of discern that for your own belief. Um, once again, believing whether this book was during the time dinosaurs roamed the earth um, is, it's not going to lead to, it doesn't really, it, it, believing in that specific thing is not going to lead to your salvation. So that's not what truly matters. It's really just your own opinion. Um, I personally think, you know, the way some of these creatures are described, they do describe dinosaurs. Um, not many other books talk about those things. So, and Job is probably known to be written around 14, around 1400 years before Christ or around 900 years before Christ. So it is one of the older books. So on that note, yeah, it, 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 it definitely predates a lot of the stuff we're talking about. So take it for what it is. Um, Regardless, there's a lot of lessons to be learned here. So without further ado, let's get into chapter one of the book of Job. Job's character and wealth. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 
500 female donkeys and very many servants so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east his sons used to go to the uh, and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day and they would seed and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them and when the days of the feast had run their course job would send and consecrate them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all for job said it may be that my children have sinned and cursed god in their hearts thus job did continually now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them the lord said to satan from where have you come satan answered the lord and said from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it and the lord said to satan have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land but stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face and the Lord said to Satan behold all that he has is in your hand only against him do not stretch out your hand so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there was another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels that took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people. And they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with, the, with wrong.
And that, my friends, concludes chapter one. It's a very short chapter. I want to point out before we dive into our commentary that notice in the beginning of the chapter where it talks about the sons of God. Now, we heard about the sons of God back in Genesis, right? That came into the daughters of men and created hybrid beings known as the Nephilim. Okay, they were giants among the earth. I want you to keep that in mind when you're reading this, because like I said in the intro, this book could possibly predate most of the Old Testament books. Now let's go back to verse 22, which is the last verse of the chapter. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. The book of Job addresses the difficult question of why sometimes affliction after affliction comes on a believer's life. Why God's children seem to have suffered so intensely from the beginning of the ages down to these modern times. God is ultimately sovereign over everything, including the trials and temptations that we experience. That doesn't mean he causes bad things to happen to good people, but rather that the difficult things in our lives are father-filtered. This distinction may seem small, but it is not trivial. Job teaches us that the suffering of the righteous is not an expression of God's anger, but his love, as he uses the suffering we experience and face to help us grow and mature. Augustine put it this way, God had one son on earth without sin, but never one without suffering. This obviously means that a new believer cannot suppose that everything in their life will go smoothly after they have been converted. But they and we can trust that our Heavenly Father preserves and keeps His children in the midst of all the temptations and trials of this life. Many years ago, a pastor lost his entire family in a fire. He was walking through his city, Luzana, Switzerland. Discouraged, depressed, and defeated. Trying to understand God's purpose in allowing him to suffer so great a loss. As he walked, he passed a construction site where a great cathedral was being built. He watched as a stonecutter chiseled a small triangle out of stone. Curious, the pastor asked him what he was doing. The stonecutter stopped his work and pointed to a spot near the top of the towering structure and said, Sir, do you see that tiny opening at the top of the cathedral? Yes, replied the pastor. Well, said the stonecutter, I am cutting out this place down here so that it will fill so it will fit in up there. In an instant, the pastor realized that this was, this is what God was doing in his own life. He received peace and returned to his serving with a renewed trust and zeal for the Lord. When hard times come, and they will, we can respond in one of two ways. We can either move toward God or we can move away from him. 
Thank you, Lord, that you are still chiseling away on us down here. Have your way in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen.